Uh, okay, so this is this is going to be kind of a, a Q and A or about the shape that the Delta Green RPG rules have taken, right? And so a lot of you have probably like messed with the playtest rules in one iteration or the other over the last couple of years. Um, so you've seen the you've seen the works that we've that we've been filing off. Um, and so uh, so what I'd like to do is just sort of do a sort of a summary and then answer questions if we've got people asking questions or asking what we addressed and what we didn't address and um, and then when uh, when Scott uh, when Scott and Greg get here, Scott can talk a little bit about uh, sort of setting issues, you know, some of the factions and the, the ways we're kind of approaching approaching Delta Green organizations and uh, and Greg can talk some, some about some of the specific rules elements um, that, uh, that, we're, that we're working on. So um, let's see, the big uh, big ticket issues uh, right now, we're at the tail end of finishing off uh, the, our latest fiction anthology, which is uh, Extraordinary Renditions, which was funded at, in, a, in a Kickstarter we did last year, or year before, or ten years ago, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> so um, that is going out like in a matter of weeks, and um, right now it's, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a race between the last couple of contributors. There's Scott Glancy. And um, the only person you're waiting for is anybody else coming out for this. <laughs> Greg's allegedly coming. Uh. So um, yeah. So uh, once we have extraordinary renditions out in everybody's hands, basically that's that microsecond we're pulling the trigger on the Kickstarter for Delta Green, the role-playing game. <laughs> and uh, and so so we're very 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 excited to see that happen. Um, Okay, the uh, uh, if you're yeah, most of you know all about all about Delta Green. So for the sake of posterity, Scott, how would you just define Delta Green for total stranger? When people come up to the booth and say, "What is um, this?" I would is describe. This about, is I would this describe about climatology. No, I would I would say that Delta Green is a lot like how Tom Waits described living in New York. Uh, he described it as being on board a garbage scow that is sinking and all around the water is on fire. <laughs> Except in this case, um, the garbage scow is planet Earth. Um, uh, Delta Green is, a, uh, uh, is our attempt to wrap uh, some of the uh, rules of uh, the genre rules of, of dark and uh, gritty espionage fiction into the world of H.P. Lovecraft's cosmic horror, uh, and rather than come up with any you know cosmic horror of our own, we decided to just well dip into that rather deep well of mm-hmm. out of copyright material known as the Cthulhu Mythos, uh, in order to uh, give us uh, that the quant flavor of cosmic horror and nihilism that we were looking for in our espionage uh, uh, fiction. Uh, that's, I guess, how I would describe Delta Green. It was originally a uh, method for taking Call of Cthulhu games, which at the time did not have any... Call of Cthulhu games did not have the inn where you went in your role-playing game and met the guy who was going to give you the next mission and the next job to do. Uh, Call of Cthulhu was haunted by uncles you'd never heard of. 
uh, who died, leaving you estates and books and artifacts that you'd never seen before, good friends that you'd never, uh, again, never heard of before, showing up with a knife in their chest saying, oh, there's a terrible cult to destroy the world. They drop dead at your feet, and now suddenly it's your job. Or, or if you're in Maskinarlatotep, a, a, a group of people at the restaurant where you're a waiter who you yeah. would be fascinated <laughs> by what you hear them talking about. So... At, you know, there was never a campaign setting, and Delta Green was part of uh, really John Tynes' attempts to create campaign settings for Call of Duty, a reason why a group of people are going to be not only investigating supernatural peril, but there's going to be a reason why there's a replacement character when somebody inevitably dies horribly. Uh, there's a reason why the next mission shows up like clockwork when you get done with the last one. Um, and yes, this was something that came up during Masks. There, there was sort of their, yeah. their experience at Mask of having characters just die and die and die and die and wondering how many times, again, is the waiter at the Cairo right. Hotel just going to happen to turn out to be a great war veteran and part-time archaeologist who'd like to join the party to stop some evil? Yeah. Um, well, we fixed that with Delta Green. As, as fun as that is, eventually it, gets, it feels a little silly. And certainly that was also their intent behind Golden Dawn. Yeah. To create a clearinghouse for new characters, new missions, new stories that would be, you know, a set piece that the characters. Did anybody have Golden Dawn? Any hands up on Golden Any Dawn? Any old timers? No. Oh, oh my God. God. Well, it's wonderful. One. I mean, are you guys going to? What's the deal on that? Is that getting reprinted? Uh, yes, if I, yes, if I can Dawn, convince. Awesome. The last thing I remember about that was, um, <laughs> uh, uh, trying. Th- th- there may be some arguments with Kevin Ross about that cover. He hates the oh. cover. He wants the cover to go away. I need to make. I need to convince him the cover is, is the most awesome thing that John Schneider has ever painted. Yeah, because it's that. It's that cover. The yeah. cover of the book is a is a uh, a mural that's been painted over. The top layer uh, that's being chipped away. The top layer is the standard Arthur and his knights. You know, Arthur's knights are good. Morgan and his knights are bad. But when you scrape off the top legend. You find that Arthur is some sort of mythos warlord, and uh, you know uh, 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 who's the wizard in Camelot. Merlin. Merlin is some you know that the, the Grail is pouring blood into the dead knight's mouth, and they come back as zombies. And you know it's this horrible retelling of the Arthurian myth uh, as a mythos influenced story, as a mythos a focus story. Um, we did get one fan letter that said that. That made one of their players cry. Success. <laughs> 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 was always one of the brightest Greg, moments. It wasn't from Greg Stafford, was it? No, but it was clearly somebody who had. That was their role to play yeah. experience with uh, with Camelot <laughs> and perhaps some. Uh, 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 who was the female writer who did all the the feminist versions of, of Bradley? Brad, yeah, no, Bradley. Yeah, yes, yeah. uh, and uh, she was. Yeah, she was raised on Mist of Avalon. And apparently this was not what she wanted from Arthur <laughs> and Merlin, uh, was uh, zombies. Yes? Golden Dawn of Far Right Greek. Nope. Uh, more recently. No, yeah. it's, the, okay. it's, the, it's the Golden Dawn of the uh, Victorian period. It was, yeah. That was designed to give a Victorian group of players a clearinghouse for supernatural stories, uh, a clearinghouse for new characters who'd be interested in, well, why are we going to go investigate this haunting? Because we're all occultists. Yeah, I love And it. that's what I we do. I love it, all right, so, but moving on from Golden Dawn. Now, so, that, you've, now that you've hijacked us. Yeah, yeah, Kevin yeah. <laughs> I, 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 like, pretended I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. Um, we have newcomers that need that need flyers. See if you can track those guys down. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> you will get the documentation and you will like it. <laughs> You're not cleared for this documentation. Um, Take it away. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so let's see. I don't there know. was no point in me saying any of that, right? Because you all knew that, right? 
we're not clear. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, not the not cleared part about the whole description. Don't create. Nobody needed really to hear that, right? Yeah, it yeah. was just for this thing. Right. Yeah. All right. We're well, fine. Yeah. All right. It's okay. I have no idea what's going on. Oh yeah. Right. One. Okay. Good. So it was, it's, it it's, it's, it's modern day, and um, and if if we're at all remotely successful in the final product here, then we will finally encourage to shut up everybody that's like, Delta Green is just the X-Files in the 1990s. It doesn't have any relevance to the modern era. Um, because I completely disagree with that. So, um, so, what do the rules do to actually make it feel make it feel a little different and make it sort of focus on the way Delta Green uh, stuff happens in play? Uh, you've all got... You've all got the reading here. And You've summon- done your reading? There's going to be a test. They just got the thing, so no! it's a speed read. Um, the, uh, uh, you know, the, it's interesting that there's, we, we first of all, our first, our first goal, design goal, was to make sure that everything we did here was not going to kill the usability of everything that we've been publishing for the last 20-something years for Delta Green. Right, so merely eighteen. I got it in what, 2019. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, if you're picking up the original, let's be blue. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, so what that means is when you're looking at a stat block in the new Delta Green role playing game, you ought to be able, without a lot of head work, to just use that interchangeably in an adventure from fourth or fifth edition Call of Cthulhu, and vice versa. Right. So. The stats look a little different, but not all that different. Um, the skill list looks a little different, but not all that different. You know, there are some versions of Call of Cthulhu that have, I don't know, woodcraft. Right? It, it's pretty straightforward to figure out where that where that belongs. Yes, on the uh, zoology and, and uh, yeah. biology and, and a couple of things appear and disappear over right. the years. Yeah. So, um, so most of that, most of that is should be really, really straightforward, um, so that all the stuff that's already been done for it, you know, is still relevant and is still available, and you can just pick it up and run it as is. And by the same token, if you know, if you're perfectly happy with your sixth edition or fifth edition or whatever Call of Cthulhu rulebook, and you just want to play new adventures that we make for this. And you don't have any damn use for for the rules in in this book. That'll work too, you know. Honestly, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't personally care, um, except that I co-wrote this, so you'll hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. If you, you don't mind Shane weeping right. uh, in, a, in a bat locked in a bathroom again, okay. it's, all yeah. Good. Yeah. it's Gen Con again. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so those were sort of the two big design goals, and or that was the one big design goal, whatever that was. And then, uh, and then of course, the other is is just to make sure that the gameplay goes quick and kind of facilitates things happening fast and facilitates putting the making sure that the decision points, like for the players, have to do with picking and choosing between worse and worser alternatives, and not looking up rules on page XX, you know, and figuring out exactly how, what's going to be the rules ramification of this, that, or the other thing. Um, so to that extent, a lot of the stuff that we that we started kind of developing two or three years ago has just gotten hacked and hacked and hacked and hacked and hacked until, so that 
we would reduce the number of moving parts to what was actually really necessary to, to do what we want to do at the table. Um, the, uh, so yeah, so what do we want to do? We, we've got the, the, the summary, the core rules. The, one, of the, one of the big things that we put in, which is, um, which is going to be implemented by some gamers and not implemented by others like everything else, is we have a specific approach that we're recommending in the rules to how you actually use skills in the game, okay? So um, the uh, Call of Cthulhu, including a lot of Delta Green adventures, has always been beset by the sort of go-to game, you know, scenario designer thing of tell them, you know, roll for zoology, and if they succeed, they accomplish this, that, or the other thing. If they fail, they realize they should have succeeded at role in zoology. Right. And they won't let go of zoology rolling <laughs> until they get past that problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, to sort of... Uh, our approach to resolving that issue, which, of course, you know, with... I mean, Pelgrane with Gumshoe built an entire ingenious system, game system around resolving that issue as one of its primary primary things. Our approach to that was we wanted it to feel a little bit like that because we love the, the, the feel of that without it being a resource management thing um, because resource management is categorically a thing that we didn't want anywhere in the Delta Green RPG. Yeah. So that so to that what that means is if you're using when you're using a skill as a player in the game, if your character's in a situation where things are not under control, where things are a little up in the air, you know, and you don't know exactly what's happening, that's when you roll dice for a skill. Time, right? pre- time pressured, You've got, uh, distracted. Yeah. If it makes sense that there's randomness in there, then roll dice. If it's not a thing where, where a sense of randomness really has any place, don't roll any damn dice. Just look at how good you are at it, right? So what that means in scenario design is the adventures we're creating with, under this rule set... The, the 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 difference is a lot of the investigation type scenes. The it's like it's not somebody roll whatever to discover that it's it's if you have you know anthropology at forty percent or better then you're going to figure this out. Yeah, you've heard of Leaky, right? You've heard of Lucy and the Old Divide Gorge. You yeah. don't have to roll to figure that out. Right, right, right. If you have anthropology at seventy percent, if there is another like really, really rough to find clue in there that's probably a, you know, a, 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 you know, a bonus or something like that, then you, if you, the dude with the 70% is going to figure that out, but nobody else will. Um, so the challenge there is to sort of address that squarely, and then also when you're building the adventures, and we'll talk about this with the scenario workshop Saturday afternoon, or Saturday evening, is, um, is kind of figuring out what you're going to offer and what the skill levels are and what the alternatives are, right? If a player character doesn't happen to have, you know, anthropology at 60%, they just have it at 40%, you know? So you want to kind of build in some gradations there. So you're conveying what you want to convey um, in order to bring the player characters to their inevitable gruesome demise. Um, Glad you got that straight. Yeah. (laughs) We all know that's the goal. Right? Some, some, right? Core, some we core know the core story here. Yeah. Some core values will never change. <laughs> yes. Um, other things, if you're, uh, if uh, like bonuses and penalties and whatever to the dice roll, you know, if you're rolling dice, generally those should not come up all that much in play. The theory is, for most characters, right? If you have a fifty or sixty percent skill, that's considered pretty damn good. 
So if that's the case, then that means somebody who's pretty damn good at that skill is only going to have a flip of the coins chance of doing whatever you're trying to do anyway. Yeah, so yeah. that implies what you're doing is already really rough on you and yeah. is really up in the air. So there's no really not much need to pile on to, 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 to pile on a bunch of modifiers because it's just going to come down to luck in that case regardless. Yeah, it's a situation where you got somebody, you get your character has went from you know, spent skill points to get up to 50% demolition, mm-hmm. which means that Every time you try your skill, you have a fifty percent chance of blowing yourself up. Right. You'd wonder how long somebody lasts in that yeah, job. Yeah. If so, they, so beware that that's what if, if that's what you're putting in there as the scenario issue that that's yeah. what's going to happen. Um, so uh, yeah. So uh, other other aspects of the way skills work: criticals and fumbles. We kind of went back and forth on how those work. Finally, we just um, I got Greg's blessing to steal from his his invention from unknown armies and make it doubles so if you're percentile dice if you roll an 01 or you succeed with matching dice you get a critical success that allows the level of your skill to inform how likely it is to get a critical a little bit but you know it's still it's still fairly rare fumbles are the flip of that if it's a double zero or you fail with in fact if you, we can just say if you fail with matching dice period because double zeros match too that's a fumble real straightforward Right. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, uh, like, when you have characters that are opposing each other's skill usage, um, we're not using the uh, we're not using something equivalent to like the resistance table. And we we wanted to get away from back and forth rolling, like you roll and then I roll and then you roll and then I roll and whatever. So, <coughs> um, if there two characters are, are are in opposition, you want to resolve that. Just each of you roll whatever skill applies. Right, and if one of you succeeds, the other one fails. That's easy. If you both succeed, then whoever rolled highest gets the win. So we, we uh, whoever rolled highest is kind of a counterintuitive thing because ordinarily you're wanting low dice results, right? Because it's a, it's a percentile game. However, um, the alternative to just whoever rolls highest, well, is is basically whoever succeeds by the most, you know, or something like that. Which injects math into the game, and which is kind math. of a drag. Yeah, and um, and and the fact is, I mean, we we sort of we sort of fiddled with it a lot, and, and I mean, this, we didn't invent that mechanic, right? That was in Pendragon thirty years ago, but um, we steal from the best. Yes, so uh, you know, but but that actually that that actually winds up working way better than any of the alternatives um, in terms of both both factoring in. How good you are at something, because if you have a really high skill, you're more likely to succeed even on a really high roll, and um, and and so forth. So that basically makes things run really, you know, pretty quick. It's pretty straightforward, um, and it and it uh, and it kind of works. Um, so what else? Uh, combat stuff is is fun we, we play tested the hell out of the combat rules so we pretty much know how those how those work and, and, and where they work um, and uh, there's no you know the, the the only major innovation there is 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 kill damage which is Greg's one of Greg's contributions which was um, which which Scott I'm sure we've told you was a direct result of a of a of a war a war, wartime game that uh, that, that we played with Scott years and years and years ago, and the the, the traditional Call of Cthulhu rules for like you know using whatever bombs or machine guns or anything like that tend to if you read them 
you know, if you retake them too seriously, they tend to bog really hard, you know, because you've got so many damage rolls and so many attack rolls and splitting up, uh, you know, and all this mess. So, you know, with, with something, a heavy weapon like that in, in Delta Green, it has a kill damage rating, which for like a, you know, a, a, a submachine gun on fully automatic or something like that is usually about 10%. You know, a hand grenade is about 15%. What that means is whoever's a potential, whoever's, whoever's a victim of that attack, right, is in the blast radius or whatever, you just roll percentile dice for that person. And if it's beneath the, the kill damage chance, they're dead if it's a human. If it's above the kill damage chance, then they take damage. You just add the two dice together and the percentile roll, that's how much damage they take. They still may be dead, but at least you have a you have a, a chance as well. What's that? You roll to hit as well. Yeah, yeah, and basically, if you're with with kill damage stuff, if you're if you're doing an attack like with a grenade or something where you don't need to get, it's not you don't have to be real precise, right? That just comes with a flat plus twenty to your attack chance, and that's going to get the attack somewhere in the, enough in the vicinity of whoever it is you want to blow up that they're in the in the kill radius. Um, and uh, so what that means is if you want to not die from somebody attacking you with, with, with heavy weapons like that, um, you want to have your character get behind cover or prevent them from attacking or something like that. But it tends, it tends, to, it tends, to, it tends to make things run really pretty quick. And, and I'm, just, I'm just super happy with your inclusion of missing with kill damage mm-hmm. actually having an effect in combat. Mm-hmm. Standard role-playing game attack. I throw the grenade. It goes off. Nobody gives a shit because they didn't get hit with shrapnel despite the fact that there's this concussion and there's this shock. Yeah, Everyone yeah. goes, oh, I just rolled my next attack and that's the end of it. But we've actually, I, I, I like the inclusion that like uh, for suppression, like you can keep fighting, mm-hmm. but you lose sanity points yeah. unless you take cover. Right. You know, that yeah. it forces yeah, the, you back. The way suppression work is even if the attack misses, you're, if you're if you're in the radius that was supposed to get blown up, you're scared shitless unless you want to either burn a sanity point or unless your character is adapted to violence, which we'll get into in a second. Which is fine for, you know, uh, crazed cultists, you know, doing the human wave attack. Mm-hmm. We're all happy with that from, mm-hmm. you know, Madison and Arlothotep. Mm-hmm. Um, but every once in a while, as a player, you really wanted the bad guys to, to duck Right. And leave you alone while you're shooting the machine gun that you're maybe not very good at, but it makes a lot of noise and <laughs> mm-hmm. you know uh, puts a lot of lead down range. And you're hoping they'll be just discouraged long enough for you to escape. Under the old rules, nobody gave a shit if they're not hit. And right. I, I, they're taking the psychological fear factor out of combat yeah. for normal characters, or at least not insane, fanatical, you know, maniacal cultists always bug me in the game. Well, yeah. This we're, works. We're, with, with this, this rule is set, super simple. Yeah, uh, yeah. So with this rule set, our, our, our overriding overriding priority in play is to make player characters feel the uh, psychological fear factor of, of everything they're in, so it's only fair they get to do that to Yeah, because you tell a player character, there's a machine gun firing at you, ah, I just run and see if he hits me. Yeah. It's a piece of paper, yeah. I don't care, yeah. you know, and now it's like, well, okay. no, there's Okay, my- you're all Audie Murphy all of a sudden. Yeah. Fine. So, um, okay, and that's pretty much combat, right? I mean, you in a combat round or a turn, we, we use turn consistently instead of round because the bullets, but in a, in a combat turn, um, you basically have one thing you do, right? And we have a list of the kind of standard things that people do in a fight. If you come up with something weird that's not on the list, then do it, whatever. That's the GM. You, you're smart. Is there smart. a typo on the body armor? 
What's that? Is there a typo on the body armor section? Probably. What did I? What did I? What did I do? Reduces damage from any attack roll, mm. but not a called shot. Not a called shot. Yeah, it, it, it means like any attack except a called yeah. shot. That's what it means. That's, oh, that's okay. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's yeah. not a typo. He just doesn't know English very well. No. <laughs> so the the idea there is, if somebody is wearing body armor and you don't want to be, you don't want to hit the body armor, you can make a called shot to just skip the armor altogether. That's that's what that's trying to say. I was I was having to kind of fudge because I was running out of room in that corner. Um, the uh, yeah yeah so um, right. Any any other questions about that base that stuff all on page one right the main basic rules the way fights were you know I mean you know it, it, it's combat so it doesn't you know it's it, it, that's a, that was an interesting challenge because of course. Delta Green games always have some kind of fighting or other, but it's yeah, not. Tell, it's tell not everybody really... got sucked into the the Permian age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Artifact Zero. Right. Where, where was my gun battle in that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I came and looked at the evidence. We. <laughs> I'm in the Permian age. Look at these trilobites. Uh, you can think of Delta Green as sort of an ongoing middle finger to your player character. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but but you know, but like the combat rules, we want them to do their thing, and we want them to sort of be involved enough that it kind of it gives enough encouragement to players that they feel like it'll matter, you know? Um, <laughs> so we don't want to just hand wave it. But right? this isn't, this isn't going to be, this is not advanced squad leader. Yeah. Uh, but having played it a lot, if you want to play a whole lot of fight scenes with these rules, they work pretty well for fight scenes. They'll, it'll, it's suspenseful. They're not terribly cinematic. I mean, it's not feng shui. You right. will not be leaping akimbo. Yeah, it, it works pretty well for for like for like uh, Black Hawk Down fight. <laughs> doesn't, work, doesn't work great for Indiana Jones fight scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for that, I recommend Hex. Yeah. So, uh, so the way sanity works in 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 our game is is again pretty familiar to if you've been playing Call of Cthulhu. You have a sanity stat. If something horrible happens, you roll for it. If you roll your sanity score or less, you succeed and you take less, you know, you, you don't take any loss or a very small loss. Uh, in worst case scenario, if you fail, then you lose sanity points. And the worse and hor- more horrible the thing is, the worse it is for you. So what we did in order to kind of, we did a few things to make the sanity system for Delta Green feel a little bit like, more like, um... The, like a modern genre and less like a pulpy thing with a Lovecraftian, you know, narrator fainting at every turn, Yeah. right? Um, because, you know, sad to say, most of us personally know these days, I don't know about most of us, a lot of us personally know these days yeah, people, who have, people who have gone overseas and gotten shot at and gotten maimed and yeah. come home with PTSD and had sanity problems. So it it was it was important to me at least to make sure that the sanity rules that we present here in a game that's all about player characters who were totally vulnerable and at risk nevertheless going out and putting their lives and, and minds you know on the line that that felt like it was um, that it took the issue kind of seriously you know and that when you're what you're playing around the table is going to feel a little. Uh, 
I don't know, uh, what, resonant, a little, well, a, a little, it's going to feel a little right. And certainly the original, uh, the, the original sanity system of Call of Cthulhu was definitely geared towards the wilting antiquarian. Yeah, yeah. It's the horrible thing. Yeah. Um, even, and, even Chaos have sort of acknowledged that when they did their, I think it was the alternative combat sand loss for uh-huh. Escape from Innsmouth. There was yeah. a section in Escape from Innsmouth that's like, yeah, we're not having the Marines faint. Yeah, uh, or have screaming <laughs> right. fits. You know, there so. was all kinds of other things would happen when the yeah. Marines meet deep. Now, now that that said, don't don't anybody take that as like as too much of a criticism of the sanity rules for Call of Duty? No, because if they weren't so freaking ingenious, we, we wouldn't, wouldn't be still be them off. yeah <laughs> yeah using them with ever so slightly serial numbers filed off now. Yeah. Um, so all praise to Sandy Peterson as usual. So um, the uh, what we so the way we sort of approach that uh, approach those issues is um, first first of all we sort of break down the ways you can lose sanity into three broad categories and if those of you who have played unknown armies this is not going to be strange territory to you um, which shouldn't be a surprise because we got the unknown armies author to help us write this we stuff. have fellow travelers yes yeah. we have. Um, yeah, and of course, Unknown Armies was half times as well. Yes. So, anyway, um, so there's it's violence, helplessness, and the unnatural. Those are like the three broad categories of sanity loss. There's overlap sometimes, you know, but basically those are the three things. And um, and so the reason that those categories come into play is because we've got an, a mechanism called adaptation in the game where. Uh, by being exposed to one of those traumas, you kind of adapt to it. You know, it, it's it's a it's a more structural approach to the old Call of Cthulhu getting used to awfulness optional rule, right? Yeah. Um, so the downside here is it doesn't work on the unnatural at all, right? So if you run into deep ones again, it's entirely the mercy of the GM whether or not you have to take that stupid ass D6 sanity loss all over again. And if you do, suck it up. Sucks to be human. <laughs> um, you know, but for violence and helplessness, the way it works is if you're if your character is exposed to some horrible violence um, and doesn't go insane but loses sanity points, then put a little check mark on the back of the sheet where it says exposed to whatever. And if you go insane if you go insane from violence, erase whatever check marks you have. If you manage to put three check marks on without lose going temporarily insane or picking up an indefinite insanity, then you become adapted to violence. When you're adapted to violence, your charisma takes a huge ass hit because you become, you know, Mr. Cold and impersonal and dead eyed stare and all that stuff. And so do your bonds, which sucks because bonds are really useful, as I'll get to in a second. And if you become adapted to helplessness, because people keep kidnapping you and you know locking you in basements for a month at a time, or whatever it is that's causing you to lose sanity, or, you're, or also you're, you're losing people around you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's or your Liam Neeson's family member. Right. Yeah, let's yeah. say you've made the mistake of of <laughs> yes, falling out of Liam Neeson's wife's vagina. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bad choice. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, the uh, if you if you're adapted to helplessness, your charisma doesn't take a hit. Your power takes a hit because you know it's sort of all those traumas are just whittling away at your sense of your control over the universe. Um, and when that happens, your character's breaking point um, changes as well, which is also really bad for you. But I'll get to that in a second too. So anyway, in practice, 
again, that's real straightforward, right? It, it shouldn't take a whole lot of brain power to keep track of those things. Um, and uh, and then, uh, yeah, and the way insanity works, um, indefinite insanity hinges on what kind of trauma got you there, you know? Um, if, when you, if you pick up an indefinite insanity from whatever, Look at what it, what kind of trauma it was, and it's entirely in the in the GM's hands. Um, but we have a bunch of suggestions that are kind of keyed to the types of trauma, you know. So as opposed to the randomly generated, yeah, the the random random phobia and or obsessive. Well, the phobias are very really, but well, it shouldn't be random. But there's always some yeah. of those temporary insanities, like um, you know, you suddenly want to eat. And, you know, strange right, eating right. habits. You begin what my character wants to lick the deep one or something. Or, yeah, you know, I don't That's know. That's a good story. That's how they keep alive is by eating us. So, but with a, a dirty little secret, um, if you're if you're uh, if, if if you're running a game and somebody goes insane from violence and you just can't bring yourself to pick one of these things, we've made them conveniently lists of eight, so you can just pick up a D8 if you need to. But we're not numbering them one through eight because we don't want to encourage people to do that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, indefinite insanity, basically when you pick one up, and the way we're doing it, you don't need to figure out immediately. Right, it's not going to come up until you go home. If you go home, you know it's not going to manifest. Yes, the strange later. eating habit doesn't turn up in the right. middle of combat. Right. It's, so it's later, and you get if, home, and you're like, yeah, I, I, if you, need, if I you, need clams. Yeah, yeah. If you so, if your character picks up a, picks up an indefinite insanity, you know, on the space on the back of the sheet there where it says, put your just write, you know, yes or something like that, right? And then then later. You, the, you can get with the handler and figure out what kind of you know, cruelty uh, you know he or she wants to inflict on you. Uh, temporary insanity is, is pretty is you know the way it happens is the same as always. If you lose five points from in the, from one thing, you freak out and you freak out basically until things calm down or until whatever it was that's freaking you out is not freaking you out anymore. Um, which means temporary can is kind of an elastic concept. Um, then uh, and and there's we basically have three sort of versions of temporary insanity in the rule book. I didn't put them on the on the cheat sheet here uh, for lack of space, but but it's basically fight or flight, right? It, it, you either freak out by struggling and fighting and attacking whatever is in front of you that's causing you stress, um, or in my games because I'm a dick, maybe your fellow player characters if they're not really trying to calm you down, um, or you run for the hills screaming. Or you just collapse and cower and cover up and just submit, you know, flight, flee, struggle, or submit. And those are kind of keyed to the to the types of sanity loss, you know. So if you're if you suffer a violence loss, that's more likely to, to cause one or one or two of them, but less likely to cause the other. But it's it's basically a, a judgment call as you go along, you know. So it's, it's up to whoever's running the game to make it to make it um, interesting and, and scary. Uh, by, by, by figuring out which of those is the most applicable. And, uh, yeah, so the way you get temp- uh, indefinite insanities is new, and I'm really, really happy with the way it works because it's, it's brutal. Um, <clears throat> the way you get indefinite insanities is there's not like a floating one-fifth of your current whatever and then it's within an hour and, and, and all that stuff. Um, you, uh, your character has a breaking point. And that's literally a point on the sheet where you have that little, you know, that like, 
zero to 99, whatever, where you keep track of your sanity points. Um, your, your breaking point is your sanity minus your power, right? So if you have uh, 15 power, that gives you 75 points of sanity. 75 minus 15 is 60. Your breaking point is 60. When you hit your 60 insanity point, you get an indefinite insanity, period. And at that point, you reset your breaking point to whatever it is now. So if you go to 60, your new breaking point becomes 45. If you go down to 45 points, you've broken again, and you get another indefinite insanity. Um, so the reason I love that so much is because you're a things. bad person. Because I'm a bad person who doesn't like players. Yeah, and uh, it, I, I really love the sort of sense of it. Feels like a, to me, it feels like kind of a. a I don't know, sort of an echo or like a fractal representation of the sanity death spiral itself, you know, because you sort of see your characters continuing to devolve. Um, And also, even more so, um, I like it because it's not keyed to to a, a time frame. It's not keyed to... If I suffer, if I suffer like really horrible stuff in this one really short period of time, then I may suffer some permanent damage. But if it's really horrible stuff that's spread out over two weeks, it is cool. You know, I can even I won't I won't I may not have to live with it because that's not how it works. You know, um, there are people that that have to, that come away from traumatic events that um, have everything that these rules would consider to be an indefinite insanity, not out of, like, one bad day, but out of or an accumulation one bad hour. Of I mean, yeah. it's literally something like, there was yeah. rules like, uh, what, an hour? Yeah. You suffer yeah. 20% loss in an hour? Well, right. Yeah. Okay, uh, what's an hour compared to a tour right. of Afghanistan? So, it, so, it, so it's, it's the accumulation of stresses and traumas over time that are going to wear you down until you start kind of breaking down and coming up with these weird ways of coping. But unlike uh, the original Call of Cthulhu rules, um, sanity uh, bounces back in different ways mm-hmm. and recovers in different ways that, uh, yeah. under the new rules. The, the old rules was very much you got sanity back for what? Uh, end of the scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, kill him, did well. Maybe right. killing a monster. Right. Um, and that was it. You can, go to, are, you can go to therapy. Yeah. They had psychotherapy. Yeah, they did have psychotherapy. Skills over 90. Yeah, skills yeah, over 90. Yeah, if you get a skill over 90, you get some giant... Whatever, yeah, but it was, it was to me especially psychotherapy because under the rules of the original psychotherapy it was like you go to a psychotherapist he convinces you that what happened to you didn't really happen and I'm like well that just made your character insane yeah if you're actually you yeah. know how does that help my sanity so, so we by, actually we actually put that in the rules here put that very issue yeah. squarely in the rules here what, what we did is there's a there's a sort of there's a sort of side um, sideline part of the rules <coughs> that um, called home which is its own chapter. It's like a two-page chapter, but it's sort of such a d- distinct thing that it kind of needed to be its own chapter. And um, and that represents what happens between missions. If you're on an ongoing campaign and you have a character that survived and is going on to another thing, um, it's, it's really valuable to actually play out a really short scene of, of what's up with your character in the real world, right? And that's valuable because your character's bonds, which are these scores that represent your most important relationships, are going to take hits unless you're really cautious with them like eggshells in, in play. 
And so you want to, when you're having these in-between sessions is when you describe what that actually means, right? If you're, if you're in the middle of a mission and one of your bonds evaporates because it kept getting, getting hit, um, that's not the time to decide what your, how your relationship with little Timmy back on the ranch you know, has gone south. That, you decide that later. Um, but these, these home scenes are also, if you want to train up a skill or learn how to do something that your character doesn't know how to do before, if you have gotten horribly, horribly screwed over and you're, you know, lost like permanent points off one of your stats and you want to, you want to build it back up. Um, Physical therapy. Yeah. And uh, if you've gotten your hands on some horrible tome and you refuse to turn it in and you want to study it instead. Uh, all those things that sort of take time and don't really happen in the middle of gameplay, those 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 happen in these sort of in between vignettes, right? And you basically pick, you know, there's there's a handful, and they're, they're listed on the in the in the sheets here. But there's there, you know there's a handful of, of sort of standard things, and uh, that you can that you can. One of them's going to therapy, and if you go to therapy, you have to decide: are you actually telling the truth about what caused you to lose all your sanity or not? And if you do, then um, potentially you can get a lot more sanity back because, of course, your therapist knows how to, how to help you. Um, but if you do, then does your therapist actually believe you or does your therapist think you're schizophrenic and you're just having delusions of, of shagats? And if that's the case, then you're, you're not going to get all that much help. So... Um, <clears throat> so all of that stuff is meant to happen kind of in... Uh, in these sort of backstage scenes for long-term play. Yeah? Um, for improving a stat or skill, it says failure plus 10, plus 1 10 Yeah, yeah. So that, should be, should that be success? No, no, because no. what it is when you're training up a skill, the, the better you are at it, the harder it is to improve. So in order to yes. get from 89 to 90, yeah. you've got to roll over 90 when it's time to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Second question. Uh-huh. Why doesn't Delta Green have a very large, deep pool of psychologists on staff? We've got a few fans. The suicide rate is... <laughs> oh, wait, I mean... Oh, why does the... Organ, oh, you don't mean us. You mean the actual organization? Yeah. <laughs> I okay. go back to the suicide Because I have been yeah. talking to people. Did Mark's therapist? No, the, 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 reason, the reason the group doesn't like have, have psychologists on staff to, to tell... Yeah, exactly. To tell... Well, let's say even, even the sort of activated whatever version that has that has resources um, is because the stuff that your agents run into is really, really toxic, right? And and what that winds up doing is if you have psychologists on staff who understand that what they're hearing is true, some of it, then that toxicity is going to spread to them. And yeah, it's going to affect the, them. The psychologist is actually reasonably yeah. and, and honestly and uh, uh, understanding why you know Agent Donald is upset because he saw Azathoth? Right. Uh, he actually can comprehend the problem. He is now part of the problem too. They yeah. also it, mix it, all the different cells. You remember yeah, like what happened yeah. with Rorschach? Yeah. And then yeah, there's operational <laughs> security as well. Everyone remembers what happened when Rorschach talked to his psychologist and Watchman, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. Rorschach did not get better. Okay, the psychologist just got yeah. worse. So yeah. being married to a therapist who works in a heavy trauma area, uh-huh. like. The turnover rate in that field is so fast, it will make your head spin. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's why they don't have them. They- <laughs> now, if you're talking about the 
not creepy at all, but totally upstanding and uh, above board reactivated Delta Green. Their interests of the organization are perhaps different than the interests of the agent. Sure, you might have psychologists on staff, but their job is to duct tape your ass together and get you back out on the next mission. Or to, so, or, or, or like cop psychologists to figure out, you know, how close you are to really fucking up. And, yeah. And so would it be just more cost effective to put M M&M and M dispensers with Zoloft in? Agent. Yeah. Yeah. If we don't have or black tar if we don't have sufficiently detailed Zoloft rules in here, yell at Dennis because he made me take them out. <laughs> so um, he's not here to first time. Exactly, yeah, he's um, not here, so he can't he can't correct us. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So so that's kind of that's kind of the the way that works. Um, so if you're uh, where were we? We're talking about like. Sanity and therapy. Oh, we haven't gotten suppressing. Let, let me get let me get let me get to bonds next because that that's a spinoff of the sanity rules. So, okay, so every character starts with whatever two or three bonds, right? And that is a relationship. When you create your character, you define the bond, the relationship in some really broad way. It doesn't have to be detailed. When you create a character, we have a list. You can roll a die on the list and pick one if you want to, but it's some relationship that is crucial to your char- from your character's perspective to your character's well-being. It's why you're actually doing all this horrible, dangerous stuff. Um, the more demanding the profession is, like if you're in an occupation that has tons of skill points, you don't get very many bonds because you know because you're overseas with the special forces all year long. You know you don't you don't you're not playing golf with the with the boys, um, and uh, so. Each of the bonds, when you start off, this, the, has a value equal to your charisma score. Okay? And the reason for that is because charisma in the game, we've replaced appearance with charisma because we wanted every stat to feel fundamental and not to feel like a, uh, I don't know, a, a peripheral thing, whatever the yeah, word is I'm like thinking of. Decoration. Yeah, yeah. Ornamental, right? And appearance is, is, I mean, to my mind anyway, is so changeable, right, and so subjective that I just I hated the idea of it as a stat. It, with the charisma score, what that's telling, what that's telling you is much more, much more broadly how your character, how well, your, readily your character interacts with other human beings, and so that may be informed by by how good looking you are, but that's totally up to you, right? If you're if you're in my game, if you want to, if you have a charisma of eight. And you want to be the you know like the most handsome person since James Bond? Okay, go for it. You know you're still you're still enough of a dick that everybody kind of you're Lazenby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah, you're Lazenby. Well, it does, yeah, okay. That's so it. yeah, raise your hand if there's someone you know who's really good looking that you really don't like. Right. That's a lot of hands. So that's um, all the hands. Yeah. So, uh, so bonds. So your bonds. Each of your bonds starts equal to your charisma score. Not and, James. And the uh, <laughs> the way that the way that they come up in play is they can they can you can use them to help protect your precious precious sanity points, and and how and how they can affect how you react when you don't protect those sanity points. So the this first, is why your marriage failed. The first way this is, is why daddy drinks. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, the, the first thing is, is called projection. And if you've heard the term in psychology, this ought to be kind of, it, it ought to feel a little familiar because in play, what that does is 
you can decide, okay, you failed your sanity roll, you're about to lose nine points, you know you're going to go indefinitely insane. If you want, you can project some of that trauma onto one of your bonds, and what you do is you roll a d6, and whatever that result is, reduce your sanity loss by that much, and reduce the bond by that much, right? So if you were about to lose nine sanity, and you, as a Hail Mary, you roll a d6, and it comes up a six, then your loss drops to a three, right? You and keep, later you don't you go, go insane. Later you go home and punch your kid. And you go home, and you're so traumatized that your one of your key relationships is just fucked. And... Again, how we define that in play, you wait till one of those home situ home scenario, you know, uh, uh, scenes, vignettes, to kind of play out the details. Well, you don't Dad, need to maybe if that you'd play. been around when I was growing up, I wouldn't be this messed up today. Right? Yeah. 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 So clearly, you get what we're going for here. Um, so uh, no, Pastor. I don't think I'll be contributing anything to the big sale this year. I would just like to point out that uh, clearly Marty had more bonds than Rustin. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Although but, but you pointy know, you shit all over them. Yeah. 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 Mar- Mar- Marty. Marty Hart fucked his uh, his bonds away, reducing his sanity losses. Yeah. 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 That's very true. Um, and uh, yeah. So. So that's projection, which you can use to, tr- to reduce how much sanity you lose. If you're if you're that close to your breaking point, you can tell you're about to just snap. You can project some of that off on 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 one of your bonds and keep going without freaking out. But it'll come back on you later when you go home, and you know. And of course, that bond is weakening, so it's not going to do as trains much good just for aren't you later. doing it for me anymore. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Maybe the, uh, if I switch to exoscale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bonds do not have to be people. Bonds can literally be... Well, it, it's we, we've kind of gone back and forth on that. Right now, the way I've got it right now and the way I, I want to, I'm arguing for keeping it is making them actual people, right? We, we went through some iterations of the rules where it was broader motivations, right? Which, which could have been... You know, I just love going to church so much, or or I, love I just love trains, or whatever. I, I love going out, cruising the bars yeah. for uh, one night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Marty Hart. And so and there was, well, yeah. And so there was, there was a lot of, there was a lot of sort of pull to that, but at the same time, it was kind of hard to implement it in a way that made that was coherent in play, because the core bond thing kind of relied on 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 charisma. And I didn't want the or the motivations rather, and I didn't. I really didn't want motivations to rely on power because everything else already relies on power. So really, except your hit points, except your hit points. So your uh, so basically, those things, those impersonal or or what personal interest kind of things, motivations, yeah, yeah, all that stuff is fodder for what it looks like in between missions. To represent your sanity having dropped 16 points over the last month, right? So you role play that with those things. So when you're creating a character, that's a great time to sort of come up with or make up, you know, one or two things that your character loves to do. You know, I love me some one night stands, whatever. And um, and so 
in, when you're doing one of these home vignettes, that fe- feature that into it, right? But that's not going to have a direct impact on on gameplay because that sort of that those are things that are already represented by how much power you have and how high your sanity was to begin with. You know, so as your sanity is eroding, that's because you know that's going to that should be reflected in the things that make your character tick, kind of eroding along with it. So bonds then are human beings, and the reason I like that better is not just from a mechanical standpoint of making it sort of work seamlessly, but also because Delta Green is not about going out and protecting your one night stands. Delta Green is about protecting or your humanity exoscale or your exoscale model trains. It's Five about minutes. it's about protecting humanity, and um, so the guys needed, you play racquetball with. Yeah, we need we needed we kind of really needed bonds. To represent people and to represent relationships that are gonna that are gonna fall apart. So not your one night stand, but your long term down yeah. low mystery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so the other use, the other the other way that uh, that bonds come into play is in trying to suppress episodes of insanity. If you do go temporarily insane, or you you know pick up a, or, or you're you've got a, an indefinite insanity and something <laughs> triggers you into a you know a horrible acute episode of it, you can try to suppress that and keep control of yourself. And the way that you did that is first you burn a D6 willpower points, which willpower points are like magic points plus everything else that they ought to be doing. And if you run out of, mat- of willpower points, you're still screwed because with zero willpower points, you can't succeed in any tests anyway. But if you still have willpower points, then you choose a bond that you want to that you want to sort of dig in, and, and you've got to you've got to hack it, you know, to, to protect to protect Margie back home. Um, and then you try a sanity test, right? You roll sanity test. You add the bond's value to it as a bonus. So if it's a really powerful bond, you'll be a little more likely to succeed. Um, if you succeed at the sanity roll, then you then you suppress the insanity. You keep control of your character. If you fail at the sanity roll, you don't, and you lose D6 points off the bond. So let me see if I've got this right. Your indefinite insanity is um, I'm an alcoholic. To sure. take the, the most popular and accessible uh-huh. uh, uh, option. Everyone thinks it builds character. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so you are about to fall off the wagon because of something that's put you under a lot of stress. Sure. Like, no, I am going to think about the guys at the gym I play basketball with, all of whom have told me what a dick I am when I drink. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to imagine the chorus of their voices telling right. me no. Just leave it behind yeah. the bar. If the basketball team is one of your like two most important relationships mm-hmm. in your life, then yeah. Sure. Okay, so then you roll a sanity check, right? Or you blow your willpower, right? Bear down, grit your teeth, right? Roll your sanity check right. with the bonus, with the and bonus. if you succeed that, does then, that weaken you, the bond? No. Okay. If you succeed, it does not. But if you fail, then it's like, you, then you show up drunk to the next pickup game, and you know yeah. you're like, "Fuck all of you!" Yeah. <laughs> this me loose. And again, remember what shape it takes when your bonds take a hit. You, you define that in between missions. So, so yeah, that might very well be exactly the shape that your your the five points that came off your uh, awesome bond with your basketball team. That might be the shape that takes. Are you hungover? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm still Why do you wrong. guys always say that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so any, any any questions about that, about this, the way the sanity stuff is working? Yes. Uh, you in the back. Uh, later talk about bonding with Delta Green. 
Yeah, yeah. That that's I did I didn't really put that in the in the little paperwork yeah. here because well, it's no, a little involved. It's back towards the end animal development. So Yeah. Is that like and it it can like develop and that sort of stuff. Is that a special bond or can yeah. it still be used for yeah, like I don't, you know, I'm going to suppress insanity. Yeah, no, it can serve exactly the same purposes. The way that happens is it it happens during play. You don't start off with a bond with anybody from Delta Green. But you're in a mission, right? The first time you're with your fellow teammates, whatever, if, if somebody gets killed or permanently hurt or goes indefinitely insane... And you didn't, and you liked them. Then in the downtime... I don't care if you like them or not. Okay. I mean, the, your 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 soldiers at war. You know, um, after the crisis is over, then um, then you uh, you know basically you make a make a sanity roll, and if you if I ought to look it up because it's sort of flipped a couple of times. But I think the current way it is is you make a sanity roll, and if you fail the sanity roll, then you're starting to rely too hard on these dangerous people. And so you develop a bond with Delta Green, with your team, and all of your other bonds take a hit. Yeah. So it, it, it advances the right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's yeah. like slipping deeper into, what, a, a criminal enterprise? Like right. The, you know, well, a you, mafia or a biker gang or whatever. You get, into, you get in the bunker. You get yeah. in the, yeah. You're in the tank, and you can only see things through the Delta Green. Every, 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 every time he comes back from Afghanistan, he's more distant. Yeah. And can't wait to get back. Yep. Because his buddies need him. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's how that works. So it, uh, that, that, that's something that comes up in the middle of play when horrible things happen to your characters. And basically, as horrible things keep happening to your characters, that can, you know, that can affect, you know, affect your, your bond with the, with the group. Or as things happen that reinforce your bond with the group, then, then it can go up. Yeah, um, there's a box on the uh, character sheets for cured or indefinite. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. So so what we tell people in the that's, rules. You guys have all the time you need. Just so you know, I gave you a five minutes a second ago. I was. It's, yeah, okay. yeah. We ought to have it till like midnight. Okay. Yeah. Why don't we hand you on the book still? Yeah. Now, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be doing this yelling at you guys till midnight. No. No. But <laughs> we'll leave before we <laughs> Right. So um, unless the Stockholm yeah. syndrome sets in. <laughs> right. Right. Perhaps you're, <laughs> perhaps you're beginning to rely too much on these dangerous individuals. Can you feel the bonds growing already? Purge them. So. Um, so cured. Yeah. So the, with indefinite insanity. Right. As as part of one of those home vignettes, you know, you can go. You can go to therapy and try to get your indefinite insanity under control and that might eventually work if it does work then don't erase the insanity just put a little check mark that says on the cures thing and you don't suffer from that insanity right now but break again yeah it's you know okay if you, I if have you, if I you, have reacclimated to the idea that you know spiders are part of the natural world <laughs> spiders are normal you know there's there's a spider within three feet of me every time I'm not gonna freak out about that uh-huh. they're not all the the ones I saw on the job they're not like that <laughs> and then they're not but, the same ones that boiled out of agent Donald's eyes <laughs> they're not <laughs> but then eventually you know if you get put under too much stress if you snap again what it's gonna be is the next time you see one of them coming down this the ceiling on the invisible well, threat. If, if, you, like, if you if you snap if you hit your breaking point again, the one that was cured comes back and another one comes down too. And another one. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Um, 
So, so that's why you don't erase it from the sheet altogether. Yeah. Wait, wait. There's only spots for three. <laughs> Got to catch them all. We're, we're optimistic. We're optimistic. You'll be dead. We, 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 tr- we trust you guys to play safe. By the time you've got three, there are going to be so many things that debilitate yeah. you. Have you seen how few hit points you have? <laughs> oh, back in the back. Um, so, is my understanding that if Delta Green becomes your bond, your it's it's like if your daughter was your bond, but your daughter was also a spec out black, you know, job warrior. Like so, like I'm really into Steve. Steve's a rock, and then when Steve gets bisected by something, uh-huh. yes, that just like eviscerating your sanity. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. On the on the sanity losses, if you look at the sample sanity losses here, I'm sorry. Where does your daughter work again? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's craft food. You have another bond, but like you know, it's one thing. I don't know why craft foods. Nothing your family regularly picks up empty bonds. Need all those suppressors. Right. Yeah. Need yeah. the vice yeah. president in charge of that turtle assassination. Having the benefits are great. Not getting killed. That's the but yeah, having 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 a having a friend get get killed is is a is a hit. Having somebody who's a bond get killed is a way better hit. Yes. Are you saying that you weren't going to go encouraging people to go for Rorschach on their psychologist, but the only way to heal more than one point of sand is to go full Rorschach on your psychologist? Have you considered changing the name of the game to Delta Bleak? <laughs> we felt that was implied. <laughs> yeah. it's, right it's, it's, not, it's not Delta Puppy Dogs. <laughs> Double um, Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they show up in corners. No. Yeah. No. I mean, you, if you if you want to go to therapy and and lie to your therapist about what's really bothering you, then you can potentially get a point of sanity back. Um, there's diminishing returns on that. Tony Soprano got a couple points back here and there while right. he was lying to his therapist, right? Yeah. Over if, how if you're if you're really far gone, you know your sanity's low. I mean, whether you get sanity points back in in, in therapy depends on your sanity. It's a sanity roll. It's just if you succeed, you get a point. Um, you know, if you're if you're lying about what happened to you all the time, then you know, then it's kind of it, it, it tends to kind of balance out. If you have a low I had sanity, this then friend. even going to therapy is is not going to do you a ton of good. My friend was somewhere overseas and saw some bad things happen, and I'm wondering if I could give my friend some advice on how to deal with the nightmares that arise from these things, or himself. possibly some thorazine. Yeah. <laughs> advice or thorazine, both are good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. So, uh, yeah. So, what other issues? So, uh, so about char- how you create characters. Um, this too, of course. Uh, we have a sanity question. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. One last thing with the bonds. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Despite being in the the new version that just came out, I haven't heard it all yet. Okay. Uh, one thing that came out during us with the previous version. Uh, the first thing the players did are like. <clears throat> Uh, you know, I've got all these sweet bonds on my character sheet. I'm going to get them to do all this stuff. Right. Um, what are the what do you do stuff in the mission? Yeah, exactly. So what, 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 what
one guy, one guy retired cop or something, so it's like uh-huh. my son's also a cop. I'll get him to, you know, do some surveillance on his off thing. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> you have the best players. Yeah, speaking speaking as a game master, I love that idea. Yeah, so thank you. That's gonna be fun. Please put your bonds in the site. Yeah. How Go ahead. many points should that dock them when they get into a shootout with the suspect? Yeah, uh, uh, it depends. I mean if if your if your brother the cop gets gets horribly mangled and killed and get out then you're Because you sent him if if they just if they just get in danger. <laughs> Dad, I, I got some bad dead. news. Yeah, I they got that. me. <laughs> yeah, I think like you know, they're just they're just getting them to do. I I, I think that I think that's worth at least at least a zero slash one. If nothing bad really happened, but it almost did, or it could have. So is that is that just a sand check versus the sure bond? Okay. Well, no, yeah, no, it's just a straight sanity roll. Okay. Right. You don't. You're not going to add the value of the bonds to your well, sanity rolls, okay. um, except in suppressing insanity. You know, there's there's only a couple of things where that actually. Uh, you said your five year old on surveillance. I think <laughs> bumps it up some. Yeah, that might be take <laughs> the reduce the, the the skill by the bond. Well, I, I, I just I would look at it from from a plot point of view. Is that, you know that's you know that's gold. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, <laughs> I mean, it, it's terrific that they are viewing everything as a resource to be exploited because people because that's a terrible decision to make, and terrible decisions make good stories. And now it's like you know, before he thought he had this bond that he could use to get a bunch of stuff for free. You know, he had no reason to have a, you know, son who's also a cop that he's involved with and so proud with. And now he's handed me, gift-wrapped, this character that I can have abducted and tortured by the bad guys to motivate him. And he will chew on the scenery from guilt for, like, the next two sessions. It's going to be great. The bad thing doesn't even have to happen. I'm immediately thinking of Nicholson and the Pledge. Where he gets involved with a woman just so he can get close to her and her kid, so he can use the kid for bait mm-hmm. to catch this suspect that he's, you know, uh, looking for. And when it blows up and she finds out what he's doing, the suspect never gets near the kid. That never even happens. But uh, it destroys the bond. It sure. blows up the situation. Yeah, we, and, we, we've we've all seen how how well how well that kind of thing worked for Walter White in Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I love that idea. My, my place, Players, please do that. What's that? My place kidnapped one of them. <laughs> Even better. I, I'm just trying to keep you safe, honey. Don't you cry. Everything's gonna be okay. Big old little K, darling. It wasn't a chicken. <laughs> so basically, your character background doesn't isn't. I was orphaned and raised by ninjas. We didn't die. Yeah, left me alone in the world where nothing. I can't be affect, I'm a rock. Nothing's affect me. Unless that guy doesn't exist. Unless you take one. Well, it, but the closest you're going to come is to take one of the, uh, you know, one of the professions that has few yeah, bonds. Yeah. You, you can theoretically start with no bonds at a starting character if you play. If you're playing, you're, like if you're playing a special forces background, they have so they have to have so many skill points that they only start with one bond. Then there's one of the background options that that happens that might, if you choose it, it just removes one of your bonds altogether and you get something out of that, but that's what it does. So and if, you so, want, yeah, you, if you want to play, you know... The hard-ass low If you want to play sure. Ninja Maguzi, then, then, then you can... <laughs> that is... And like that, those sand hits. Yeah. yeah, that is that is only temporarily sustainable, but the people who have families are going to be so glad that you... 
the disposable guy are there with your millions of skill points to stand between them and any physical threat. And, you know, when they have to put you away in uh, the rubber room, they're going to really feel bad about it. Yeah, the, uh, so, so... I was taking another sand hit. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should have made dead at dirt in a pond. <laughs> oh, no. We, we knew he had the half-life of a teensy fly. Why do we do that? If you see a guy like that in your, your playgroup, don't make him a, don't make him a pond. It's just like, oh, yeah, that... That's uh, that's our that's our pet uh, stone-hearted bastard, and uh, we're really gonna miss him when he runs out. Not much. <laughs> Nobody's gonna miss him much. Let, let's, hope he, yeah. let's hope he misses us. Right? <laughs> when he actually finally breaks. Oh yeah, yeah. Your characters are all screwed. <laughs> now, uh, there's one other thing that um, is not in here yet. No, never mind. I'll 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 bug you about it. In uh, okay. I was looking over this, I saw something. I was like, oh. I have a lovely idea at the, yeah, the, no, the 11th hour for an idea for <laughs> and let's, let's do that not in front of the audience okay yeah go ahead so because it might be stupid if your uh, crazy Bakuzi goes crazy and he's really really good at shooting uh-huh. and he's insane uh-huh. yeah is he still a good shot sure thinking, hell like, yeah I'm sorry, that's, that's, the, that's muscle memory man you don't lose that <laughs> that dude trained for years has to be the, able to shoot the parade of, of random public shooters right, taught yeah. you nothing that what a fuck has nothing to do what a Charles lie. Whitman motherfucker what a lie world it would be if madness impaired your ability to shoot straight that would yeah. be the that's, best thing ever yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't happen it would be a way. kinder beautiful, more beautiful world would, yeah with a lot of bullet holes and walls and things <laughs> Floors and not actually a people. <laughs> so, all right. So, any other questions about about the sanity rules or how bonds work, anything like that? Because I was going to start on how you make up characters. So, so the way you make up characters is it's uh, you know it's broken down into whatever that is five convenient steps, right? You got stats. Everybody knows what stats are: strength and dexterity and all that nonsense. Uh, you got de- your derived attributes. Which we tried and tried to come up with a less clumsy word for phrase for that part of your character sheet than derived attributes, but we just couldn't. So we're sticking with it. Um, and that's your hit points, your willpower, your sanity points, and your breaking point. Um, and then your profession, which determines, uh, in part, determines your, your skills and how many bonds you have available. And then you pick your bonds and you you know, tack on some, some finishing details about personality and, and why you're involved in all this mess to begin with. Um, and if you're an existing, like if you're playing a character who's already a Delta Green agent, right, who's already vetted and already seen some shit, then decide there's four categories of what kind of shit you've seen and pick one of those categories and that'll affect your, your character in, 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 in different ways. Um, so the, uh, uh, I mean, most of that's going to be pretty straightforward if you play games. The stats you can either roll for them or you can just pick, pick, divide up seventy-two points. Um, and then uh, we even wrote down like a little array of three sample, whatever arrays of stats. If you're if you're too lazy to even use a calculator, to divide up seventy-two points, you can just fill in right those six numbers and go to town. Um, what you know, because you can kind of decide what stats you have. Um, if you're making up a character from scratch, sometimes it's actually better to do this out of order and decide what profession you want to do first, you know, and then kind of tailor cater your stats to that. But it's it's I don't care. I mean, it's up to you. And and how and and everything. People are gonna do it in any order yeah, they yeah, want exactly. anyway. 
So um, yeah, write down every number you want. It's not going to help. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, and with the professions in the rule book, we each profession has a little line that says recommended stats, where we kind of explicitly say, you know, these are the one or two or three if you stats want to be that, you, that you really ought to have. Asthma you know. is not something you should pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a skill. So um, <laughs> right. So the uh, so so with your professions, the way that determining your skills works by default, is each profession, each occupation, has a number of skills at whatever level, right? So you just fill in those numbers. If you're playing a federal agent, then you just fill in alertness 50, bureaucracy 40, criminology 50, right? The starting value is already factored into that. You don't have to pick and choose and, you know, calculate numbers and all that stuff. Um and you just fill in the list that's there. Most of the professions have a thing where you can choose from a list and for your final skill and whatever and specialize. Um, <clears throat> but you just fill in those, and then you pick eight skills on the character sheet and add 20 to each of them. And then you're done, right? If you, if you don't even want to pick 20, we have this list of, like, agent backgrounds as an optional way to assign those eight skills. So if you know you're going to be playing a federal agent and you think it would be interesting to play a federal agent who went into the FBI after earning an MBA, then you pick the MBA background and you get points in accounting and bureaucracy and human and law and all that. Okay? Um, So that makes things pretty straightforward. Obviously, there's room for customization, right? All we're talking about is pools of points. So if, if you and your group feel constrained by these numbers, then by all means, monkey with them. Um, in, in, in the, Again, it won't help. There's, yeah, there's, there's a, there, there, the book will have like an appendix or whatever, final additional chapter that has a whole lot of other professions beyond the sort of core six that Delta Green tends to recruit from. And so you can pick and choose from those, and then there's a little little blur box about how to make up a profession from scratch entirely. If you want to do that, if you're feeling adventurous, the the main the main restriction there is that you generally no profession that you're making up from scratch ought to have any skill start at more than about more than fifty percent, sixty percent if it's like that's that's all they do is go to go and train that skill, right? So. Your special forces guy is going to have a sixty starting firearms because you know that's like those guys are going to the so range. Every what'd you do weekend. today? Yeah. Oh, you went mean before to the or range. after I was at the range for two hours? Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, I will send you the files later, but I have made some characters with this new thing. Okay. Some of them have been getting up to eighty points pretty easily. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the way it works is you've got that plus twenty um, bonus. So you can you can start with like most of the most of the professions have one or two or sometimes more skills at fifty percent, right? So if then you <laughs> add your twenty to that, you get a seventy percent, and um, and then if you want to pick one of the what horrible thing brought me into Delta Green backgrounds that lets you add ten percent to one of your skills, then you can bring it up to eighty. That's pretty much the cap, right? So I mean, if you're if you're playing if you're playing some if you're in a pro- profession that lets you get up to sixty as your base. Then you can add twenty to it. Then you could add ten to it by you know by whatever and bring up something up to ninety if you're just desperate to play a guy who's that good at that one thing. I mean, the main thing is like I was just wondering whether or not there's a specific like starting gaps, you, starting cap you guys actually want. Like, so 
it, it, it's built into this to the way this is set. This is structured. So, so even if I have rare. really low decks, I could wind up with a really high firearm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's just that I can shoot accurately, but anytime I try to do anything else that yeah. involves, you know, my hands. Right. Sorry. You turn into William Money. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and and we spent we went a long time with um, with skills kind of keyed to stats, right? And with a, with a sort of a built-in cap on on how high your stat was, and and you know, and I really liked the principle of that, but in practice, it's just a lot of freaking math that we didn't need, you know. And the main mechanical function of that was to sort of put a cap on how high you get your skills, so you don't have people pulling from that pool of five hundred points. And saying I have, you know, ninety nine in these four skills or whatever, and can um, do nothing else. Yeah. So you know, we we finally just decided went back and forth and and, fe- and settled on didn't settle on because I feel like it works really well. But, but came went to went to this system, which just builds the cap in automatically. You know, without it being keyed to keyed to stats or characteristics at all. It's just a function of your of your character's profession. As long as we're <clears throat> while we're doing a, a skill percentage system, that is the simplest way to do it. If yeah. you're doing something else, like a dice pool, then sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can see there are other options, but this is the easiest with police. If, if you're if you're yeah, on that, if you're on Facebook, you've 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 to me you've, that's like saying, well, assuming that this lizard wasn't a lizard and was in fact an insect instead. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's just a completely different species. Yeah, exactly. And with with uh, with a, a, a percentage based you know skill success game, then this is what we're this is the yeah. animal we're stuck with. Right. 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 I don't so even say I, stuck I, with. I, no, I, I, I like feel, the, I, I, uh, I like the versatility the of uh, you know stat times five. For stuff that's not, you know, not yeah. specialized or yeah. hard. Yeah, stats for yeah, stat, using stats in play versus using skills in play. We wanted to make that feel a little more intuitive as well. And the key thing to remember there is a, a skill that's on the list, and then we, we we decided on what skills are going to be on the character sheet with a lot of thought. Um, they were not arbitrary at all. So a skill, that, a skill that <laughs> he like, thinks he does protest too much. Um, oh no! I the, 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 the reason the reason I say that is because because I I really really dislike um, adding new skills to the game at every, every time you think of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but but the basic idea is if you a skill on the sheet represents something that took your character a long time to develop, right? So if your character needs to do something that does not require that much specific training in that one really specific field, that's not a skill check. That's probably just, it's if it's common knowledge, if it's something that most people have a chance of doing pretty reasonably, Anyone can just point make it a camera statue. at a phenomenon and yeah, press the button. Without having to have a big-ass photography skill, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, yeah, precisely. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> These phenomena tend to short out your electronics anyway. Yeah. And your brain. Yeah. Only celebrities are that Yeah, speaking of that, within the next within the next few weeks, be on the lookout for uh, for the uh, Phenomenex Penumbra coming online. It'll, it'll, it'll pertain to that sort of thing. Um, okay, so so what else? What else? What else? What do we need to cover? We kind of oh, covered. You, you made that's basically making up characters, right? That, that's really all there is to it. You just the hardest thing. It basically is deciding which of the professions you want to stick with, you know, and then and then deciding on your 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 eight bonus skills. And but you know those can go as quick as you want if you want to just pick from a list or you have a pretty good idea of how they work. Uh, 
Now you can read the sheet. The question is, what do what they want to know? Yeah, what do you want to know? We got what forty minutes in this room max. Um, so yeah, just as no, we've, we've got the room till midnight because I'm planning on running a game. Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, since it just came up as an off question, since uh, Noah and I were looking through the back rules while we we're discussing it, uh-huh. just found the word um, gun fondling. So, how did we come up with that phrase? I, I didn't. I, that's not in the rule book. I just put, I just put it in here because I needed a word that filled up no more than that much space on the page, and and that was a modifier. Yeah, a bit wordy. It, that would have taken up like four lines worth of yeah. text, and I and I would have not been able to put stuff on there. Uh, no, that 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 phrase that phrase came up like Gunway fifteen game. years ago in the early days of the Delta Green mailing list. Yeah, uh, which is current, which has been a Yahoo group for ages and ages. And ages, and I encourage you, if you're interested There's in Delta Green and you're not on it, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're keeping it alive. So, um, if you're not on the Delta Green mailing list, you know, go to the deltagreen.com and find the link to it and, and sign up. Um, but yeah, like in the early days, there was D- Delta Green has a, a tends, tends to attract um, tends to attract fans who know a lot about firearms and who are really interested in firearms. Um, and writers and designers, not, not, not in a, a lot, public well, shooter kind of fire. Way, but yeah. <laughs> so, so there were there were a lot of there we there were an awful lot of sort of really really here, detailed, curmudgeonly kind of debates on the mailing list about about how one gun works versus another gun. And eventually, the people who were just bored with that started somebody I don't know who came up with it, but somebody called it gun fondling, and that stuck <laughs> hard. Yeah. And kind yeah. of put and everybody it, it, in their so place. Cut, and it also, I believe, cut into yeah. the yeah. Uh, discussion. Once, <laughs> once their favorite hobby was sexualized, <laughs> right. they shut up about it. Now, if only someone could do this with the guys who won't stop talking about fucking katanas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my yeah. God. So, kind of, katana delay? So, yeah, I just put that in the little handout here for... Uh, just to, uh, I'm sorry, I'm so used to the term at this point. It didn't even seem weird to me. Isn't that a term of art in this genre? But, yeah. Get a Kickstarter stretch goal to keep that. Make that make that the chapter title. Oh, yeah. 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 So we, we can go that way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That'll be one of the one of the supplements. Great. Yeah. what? To what extent are you cross-pollinating the new Delta Green with influences from other role-playing games? Because after the matched success thing, it really seems like the longer you're in development, the more Unknown Armies is trying to birth itself anew through Delta Green. Well, Unknown Armies is birthing itself anew. It's birthing itself anew. We're just stealing the parts we like from it. Yeah. This is this is absolutely plagiarism. Oh, so this, this is, is not. This is grave robbing. He, yeah. uh, he, he wrote. It's, a, he it's wrote not open, grave robbing so. if it's dead. If it's not dead, right? <laughs> it's, it's organ theft. It's, it's more like <laughs> did unknown armies wake up in, an, in a in a bathtub filled with ice? Like, is that what just happened? I, I think about I, I think about microbes and how they can pass on immunities to each other. It's just that you know. So it's, it's more of an infection. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's it's not that difficult. I don't see it as that much of a stretch. I mean, it's something you can easily see. It pops right out of the dice. Oh, they match. That means something special's happened. And you know exactly how often it's going to happen. You don't have to divide divide anything by that. Yeah, it's mathless, which I I tend to aim for 
because the experience at the table is that you don't want to be having to think to take yourself out of imagining the setting and staying in character and then okay now I need to do a quick bit of addition or subtraction no I just want to be like I can see from those dice that something just got weird and, and that's one reason that's one reason we yanked uh, we, we yanked modifiers out of the game and encourage people to not even bother with them if at all possible you know they come up in combat scenes more than they come up in regular play because combat scenes have an immediate risk of you not playing the game anymore so um, so you want some of those details but um, but that's another reason is because it slows down you know we do, we, we don't we don't want you as a player to be spending brain power deciding the pros and cons of a particular mechanical course of action that you could be deciding the pros and cons of uh, the, what your character is going to do and what's going to what's that's gonna how you get 10 character. minutes of fun compressed yeah, into yeah. two hours yeah so yeah oh not quite as fun yeah <laughs> presuming but that yeah if anybody... presuming that a 10 minute firefight is fun when did that ever happen <laughs> at least it's not boring but by, uh, yeah, but yeah, by all means, if, if you know other games that we can steal from, tell us. Yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll be, do we will shamelessly pilfer. Yeah, <laughs> we wouldn't be here without Call of Cthulhu, after all. No. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's why I came up with kill damage. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's gotta be a better way to kill these things uh-huh. without it taking all day. <laughs> the man right. in the purple hands has a question. Uh, is there anything you can talk about in universe? Any new things since last year? <clears throat> no, I, I just uh... a, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff is still kind of in flux. You know, we, we kind yeah, we have a, editing the last we have, we have a pretty we have a pretty good sense of the big picture, but the the sort of details of you know what happened in two thousand five to get us here and what happened in two thousand eight. Are, are still kind of in flux, so I don't want. I, I'd rather not get into too many details about that because that stuff may change, you know. And and also we're spoilers. Still, yeah, yeah. Um, you know the uh, as we've we've talked about a few times uh, in, in at Gen Con shows the uh, you know the the there's there's a breakdown in how you're in how you're running the, the not a breakdown there's a, a bifurcation in your options for running the game. So if you want to play. Uh, Delta Green the way you've always played it where your characters are completely criminals you know and you're completely on the outside and that 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 urgency that sort of descends on you by having all of those having we're trampling the constitution is you really in? powerful right so <laughs> we're probably gonna get cheesesteaks afterwards yeah. <laughs> you totally can and then there's a you know that then there's there's also in the wake of you know of the war on terror um, Delta Green was kind of reactivated who's um, to and, say what is constitutional yeah. or not constitutional in this I'm the crazy vice president 20, I'm to say we, we, have a, we have a memo from the Justice Department that says this is cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not torture. We've required yeah. the work. Yeah. We've so, it. It's got a cue in it, not torture. So you have an option of sort of playing characters that are in that are in a in a version of Delta Green that that that's that's that has a little more uh, legitimacy. I mean not any less secrecy, because you're still every time you go on a mission, you're still having to pretend who you are. But you might potentially have access to additional resources if the game more, master wants to grant them, and if the game master thinks that would be a good way so to make I'm things worse at, later. I'm looking at your uh, expense report here, and I'm seeing an awful lot of pool shock. Oh, we needed every drop of that stuff. Yeah, a lot of bleach. 
<laughs> so, bleach. You know, the, the, with, with, with play, playing the playing a character that's in the sort of official reactivated version. I, of, I, I like Stolzi's short stories response to like, how is this different yeah. from when we were out in the cold and the guy's like. When we were on the cold, we didn't have a backhoe to dig the hole with, did we? <laughs> we totally got a backhoe now, you know? We had to dig winter, winter, winter chicken bag. dinner. Let's, let's get this guy planted and get those cheesesteak sandwiches we're talking about. I thought, yeah, that's, that's what I want to hear is like, clearly we've moved up in the world. We have a backhoe. The, 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 recur- the, recurring, yeah, the recurring theme with that basically is... Um, is uh, every every additional source of authority and, and resources that your characters are going to bring to the table in the long run make things worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, yeah, that... Uh, well, because if you're in the official one, you're going to get contradictory orders from the people above you, and it's like, well, we, we'd like to study this. We think that we can possibly exploit this Minar stone you keep talking about. Yeah. Does it have any way we can deploy it in the field? Yeah, yeah, uh, and and again, when Delta Green is a bunch of criminals, they have no one to answer to uh, except you know if society notices what they But internally, there's nobody to answer to. A success for them is nothing happened. Mm-hmm. You go and you're like, well, nothing happened. <laughs> nothing. How's that a success? Did you recover anything? Are there people who interrogate? Uh, is there- hello, is this a cell? Yes. And before you ask your question. <laughs> If the answer can be burn everything, the answer is burn everything. Do you still have a question for me? Actually, no. Okay. Good meeting. But you can, the answer that nothing happened, We've, there has been no result, and that is the, you know, a success, isn't going to be the kind of answer that gets you congressional funding. Yeah. How many terrorists did you catch? We, the fine catch. We right. we can't keep you funded if you can't show us and, if and you can't all, meet our all tangible all, and, the, and, that, and that that's going to be part of that campaign frame. Is sometimes that's going to be that maybe your player characters as the GM that maybe your player characters' job is to you know fake up all this stuff to look like you achieved something you know in the counterterrorism field uh, on the plug, that can be that can we be totally flipped a cultist yeah in, 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 he in works getting, for us now in getting funding for His this for this other Louis. program that you're, that somebody in the group is yeah. teaching on them, you know so yeah Steve uh, do we in England still have to put up with my Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Dude. Yes, you put up with them, but don't worry. It's all cleaned up. It's all fixed. Yeah. They're great partners now. Um, absolutely. Yeah, it's problem, better. Problem the Americans solved. aren't at all assholes about it. No. They're in, and in no way are they lording over the fact that they showed up and, you know, helped get bugs out of your people's heads. Right. Or, well, okay. They, most of the bugs didn't They got, they got didn't some bugs out of some, some heads. Yeah. There were definitely some bugs removed from some yeah. heads. Yes. I'm not saying that the heads what were What I'm know. saying is that our heads in bug metric has shown a steady decline. That's, that, it's not quite to the targets we wanted. Are we counting the heads that are functional after the the metric has been... Are we counting those two? That's the because frosting, that, not the cut. Okay, I see. <laughs> I, I'm a little annoyed that Steve said have to put up with Pisces and I fucking wrote it. Like it's some big fucking insult ball. In the UK, we wouldn't have Pisces. We'd have the laundry and it'd be awesome. We'd have for that. <laughs> You know, just, oh, 
this space cathedral on my phone. Was, what do you mean put up with? <laughs> it, it was, it, okay. Think things evolve. You know, uh, the 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 faith. There's a liaison definitely now. Evolved, we liaison you know, with our, our majestic twelves. Different. Every, everything everything that was that was present. 18 years ago, you know, has changed because it's been 18 years. You know? Yeah, there was that minor incident in 2001. We all might have noticed. Yeah, it. yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. And there's going to be new, new. There's new problems that'll be just. As and not all of them are, are generated internally to Delta Green. Some of the problems come from outside of Delta right. Green, even. Progress. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, are there plans for uh, since Delta Green's got official uh, working groups like Majestic had, and you know, codifying in the book like these are the political factions. There's the capture everything, so we can focus with the stick and glass cage faction. Kind of, sort of. What I've written so far comes more along the lines of there are aspects of Majestic that survive. There are aspects of Majestic that died. Uh, some of them are clinging to Delta Green like limpets, you know, or so something. Kind of the CEO. And there are there are different motivations inside different projects that pull against, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the the so called organizational culture that's supposed, you know, that whole saving the world thing. I know we were supposed to do that, but we got into more interesting material. You know, so there are these distractions. We, we sometimes you have to destroy the world in order to <laughs> save the world. Yeah, uh, but or or you know, alternately, there's there's the argument. We, we created some really great stockholder value, is what we did. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's also the uh, sort of professional threat uh, with every profession is that you know because I know what I'm doing the. You know the boundaries that are in place for most people shouldn't have to apply to me. And you know the the example I think of is you know if you're an anesthetist, becoming a drug addict is just considered a job hazard. In the same way that you know you might get hit by some uh, you know filthy, particularly infectious garbage is a job hazard if you're a garbage man. And it's you know the reason is they're like, well, no, I would never prescribe this. To, to someone to keep them awake when they needed to stay alert. Uh, but, you know, I'm aware of the, uh, the side effects and the, the, the risks, and it's my judgment that I'm okay to take this, this one exceptional time. And that is the thin edge of the wedge to where you get to, okay, well, you know what? I used to think that I was using this, and suddenly it has veto power over every choice I make. Similarly, if you're a law enforcement officer, you're like, oh yeah, speed limit's fine for everyone, but I'm pretty sure that if I get pulled over and show them my badge, I can get away with it. And I've been trained on how to drive a car really fast safely. I'm an adult. Unlike the Ahoy Poloi out there, yeah. So, And this is, you know, there are many, many jobs where... This sort of thinking comes into play. So now imagine that you're a scientist who has been studying this weird, powerful stuff for decades. And you have in your hands materials that can do things that would make any physicist who's legitimate enough to have a Nobel Prize just shit his pants. And now your new bosses say, hey, it's great that you've been able to, you know, make these things 
create these effects that, okay, I don't know what you're saying about the, the weak atomic force, but we want you to burn everything <laughs> and take all the research and fascinating information that you have picked up about the frontiers of human knowledge over the last 20 years of your adult life and burn it. Thanks. Cheese steaks on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, email me when that's done. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, yeah, there are going to be people who are like, well, yeah, if you're an idiot, you can't use these techniques, but I'm not an idiot. Yeah. And you can't just... Do you expect me to just throw away something that could be the key to time travel or teleportation or unlocking the secrets of the human genome? Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to create a few crab men on the way to curing cancer, but it's so nice. <laughs> Will have cured cancer, and it, it, it was it, it, there were only a few flipper babies. <laughs> That's pretty much. <laughs> you yeah. can't make an omelet yeah. without making some a few crab men. Thought <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a crab omelet or a crab man omelet. Crab <laughs> omelet. That sounds delicious. It does. Where's my if crab I've man? Nothing, if I've learned nothing from Fallout Three, it's that crab men are delicious. <laughs> um. Uh, this question actually might kind of fit into that as, as you part with um, settings as you're talking about and also uh, how you would do it because um, I noticed with the power, you only have power, but there's no like magic points associated with it anymore. Will power points. Uh, oh, so will power points. Yeah, they serve for that too. Replace yeah. that in there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that would at least be the, the setting for it, um, but at least the attitude behind it that would the Delta, if you're a Delta Green agent and you end up learning some ritual. Would you play it as keeping away from your boss, or at least how hiding that? Because that's uh, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's up, up to you. To I mean, do, yeah. do you want to go to your boss and say, okay, so you know these thought viruses that you sent all those memories, all those memos out about? I think I may have read one, but on the plus side, sometimes I see things that are normally invisible but are actually there. So should I be pursuing that or because I really, you know, I'm, you, you I'm, should because I, I kind of I'll go get the drill because I kind of because I kind of did um, for six months. <laughs> and the only reason I say that is um, a couple months ago I was assisting a play test uh, that. Uh, one, basically, one of the win scenarios for this was predicated upon the agents learning a, spe- a specific spell. Sure. Uh, but when I put that up as an option and gave them the resources for that, their immediate reaction was, hell no, um, we burn everything to the ground and... Don't it, read the books. It, 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 honestly, it landed it Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean from, from a scenario design standpoint, your, 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 your challenge there is... Front loading enough hints that that maybe what they're encountering here needs you to not burn everything, you know? Which I did, but it was it was, it yeah. was uh, some, some, just, just because they some, died doesn't mean they made the wrong choice. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's you know, <laughs> it's a classic tragic uh, tragic st- structure there, you know. The tragic flaw is that they were so confident that this material was inevitably bad that they didn't use it even when it could have saved their lives. And, you know, the other tragic story that can come out of this is, well, I trusted this uh, this plutonium knowledge too much and wound up building an atom bomb in my brain. 
Yeah. So that was interesting, just kind of at least with the Delta Green structure, not just getting like a random group of like Cthulhu explorers who will say, "Hey, I'll read the document." What the hell? Yeah. So. I mean, especially if it's player knowledge kind of informing their decision. I don't have I don't have any qualms about that resulting in a TPK. Oh, okay. I'll read the rule manuscript out loud in the it, car I'm in with my friends. Oh my God! Did they? Yeah. Oh, he's not here. <laughs> They read. They read the. Oh wow! Oh, that's yeah. That's <laughs> bad. That's really bad. Red cap. Is Delta Green based in Philadelphia? Just so many cheesesteaks. <laughs> and, and of course, there's the Eldridge. And I just I just made that joke, and sometimes I don't know when to stop. So. <laughs> Yeah. Condemn me if you've never done it. Well, we've got cheesesteaks, so... Um, well, one thing I was going to say about uh, the idea of, you know, oh, we're always going to learn the spell, or oh, we're never going to learn the spell, is that if there was a central rubric that always worked, this wouldn't be a very good horror game. You know, if you always could tell what the right answer is, that... That's just lazy on our parts. So, you know, we're going to have to write some where the answer is, okay, you are going to have to dabble. Yeah, remember that thing you said you would never, ever, ever fucking do because Bob did it and he fucking grew tentacles and he ate his family? We're going to have to do it. Yeah, yeah. Ideally, right, right. The thing thing you want to go for is for that that decision point to be a point of tension for the player. Oh, yeah. For them them, them to say, even even when one of them says, well, we burn everything because that's what we do, you want at least least one of them to, to, to to say, but wait a minute, what if that's not right? And then then there's, you know, if that's a tension point and they have to debate it back and forth, and then they make a choice and then they start with the consequences of the choice, that's great. If they're just sort of, you know, diving headlong in, and, you know, then that, that's a little less less satisfying. In a lot so of yeah, remember that book we had, which had that page labeled to expel ye punishing vapor, the book you burned? Well, I'm pretty sure that's ye punishing vapor, and I kind of wish we had that book right about now. As long as we're going to die, I never liked you. I was just pretending. Yeah, 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 that sounds like your bond rule, really. <laughs> I'm not sure what's worse, to die in that situation or survive it and not have to deal with the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. worried about it. I, I was panicking. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just kidding. Right, I right. got your back, bro. <laughs> Could be worse. There's there, those ancient, you know, Stan and Laurel that, you know, just started making out at the end. <laughs> but then they didn't die and now, now it's a problem. <laughs> or maybe they have a new bond. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes the rules succeed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Is that the subtitle for the game? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes you make it. Operation right. Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> and qualified success by any metric. Uh, yeah, well, how many guys have actually, yeah, come on, how many times does the line come about Delta Green come up? Uh, God, wish I could quit. <laughs> yeah. Delta Green, you know. <laughs> that's that's happened more than once. <laughs> All right. So, any other questions? Because I promised people we'd run a run a, a short demo here with volunteers. So we want to just cut to that. Okay. 